Welcome to another edition of the Dean Luggy Show. We're going to go right into it. Georgia, South Carolina, uh, we've talked about that a lot, and I'll still reference that during this show. But uh, with Kentucky on the schedule and Georgia needing to be as, um, you know, there's no margin for error now. You can't lose any more games unless there's complete chaos in college football. Um, you know, Georgia really needs to buckle down offensively in particular and perform. I talk to a lot of people uh, running up to uh, this this show as well as what we're hearing, which is going to be on the website uh, on Monday or maybe later tonight, Sunday night. It'll be really late if it is. So check back Monday on dogpost.com. I'll try to include a link in this um, in this show below on YouTube. But, you know, a lot of it really came down to uh, just really bad play uh, in terms of execution. Um, whenever you turn the ball over four times, I mean, that, that was the thing. I think people are really, really trying to, trying to I don't, I don't want to say make it something it's not, but um, the, the, the big lead here is that when you turn the ball over four times, that's just not, that's, you know, that's only happened three times this decade. And uh, the other two times Georgia lost as well. The, the, the 2015 game against Florida, that had a negative four turnover ratio. The Missouri game in 2013, the only time Missouri's beaten Georgia since they joined the league, that was a negative four turnover ratio. Georgia stuck in there pretty good with Missouri that day, but they just could not overcome, you know, uh, I think it was a pick six from Aaron and um, just giving the ball away four times. You have to respect the football. <clears throat> I don't mind interceptions. Uh, I don't think they're the end of the world. Pick sixes are tough because you, you don't get to play defense. And with a defense as good as Georgia's, uh, you definitely want to be on the field to try to prevent scores. South Carolina really was quite impotent yesterday offensively. I mean, even with Helensky in there, which they were better, um, they weren't exactly uh, knocking the door down on scoring. So I just, you know, I think it's a game that you try your best to move on from if you're Georgia. Uh, I think the people inside the program are not going to have a problem doing that because they get to go to work literally. I mean, when you go to your job, uh, you have to perform your job. This is not the the bulk of the audience that watches this, except for the people who watch it, of course, that are on the team or in the program. Uh, this is, is not y'all's job. Um, and so you can fret about it. You can't change anything. Uh, there's a lot of hand-wringing. Uh, that's part of college football. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know the result yet, but I'm sitting here watching the Jets, a really bad football team, uh, take it to the Dallas Cowboys, and this thing's either going to come down to the wire or the Cowboys are going to lose. And um, I've, not, I've only watched so much of it, like I say, as I've been sort of monitoring it. But yesterday with Georgia, um, I did not think South Carolina played well. And so the, I, I think... That, that goes to show they deserve even more credit to me because uh, they stuck in there and they fought and they hung around. This is a lot like the, 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 the loss Georgia had to Georgia Tech in 2014, also an overtime game in Sanford Stadium. Um, but Tech stuck around. They were not the better team that day. It didn't feel like it, at least. But they, felt, they figured out how to win. And um, I, in talking with a lot of people, I mean, the discussion of coaching decisions has come up. Um, it depends on who you talk to about that part. Um, plenty, though, plenty of criticism of Kirby and just decisions in general. But I think the, the biggest, 
the biggest issue to me as it relates to this game were, were two things. One of them is correctable for sure, um, which is that the team, you know, I don't, looking back on it, there was a lack of urgency about the game. There was a lack of understanding that, you know, when you play South Carolina in Athens, that's a little different. That's a little bit like playing Auburn in Athens. There's a lot of kids from Georgia on the team. There's a lot of guys that are, you know, particularly at Carolina that felt like they got passed over. Um, you know, this is Carolina's first win in Athens since uh, 2011. So it has been a long time and they haven't exactly made a, a, a great uh, you know, winning streak in Athens, but they have played well in Athens, I will say to me at least. I mean, 20 17 that was one of the better games georgia had at to that point in the season I mean, south carolina played pretty well um and obviously in 2015 was an odd game in that uh, a very you know bad player played really well and georgia blew south carolina out so anomalies happen the question i think people need to ask themselves is um you know is this performance an anomaly is it an outlier or is this indicative of a trend um, I think to some degree, when you start talking about trends, the offense has got to score more often, I guess you could say. I mean, against Notre Dame, they were uh, plotting. They dominated that game. In a way, I wouldn't say they dominated South Carolina, but they certainly played better than South Carolina, even though, again, neither team really played very well. It was not a pretty game. Um, but against Notre Dame, so the two of the last three games – for Georgia, if, if you want to get concerned about things, you, everyone's pointing at the offense. What's wrong with the offense? What's wrong with the offense? There's not a lot of explosion from this team. There, it, that's just not there. And they're very plodding. They're very much like a heavyweight. And they're fighting sometimes bantamweights. And you would think that, that you'd be in good shape there because of the size advantage and the ability to just lean on someone. But when you make your own mistakes, which, make no mistake, I mean, Jake Fromm threw three interceptions. One of them was was totally on Tyler Simmons. I mean, you can't have a ball hit you in the hands right in front of your face and not, not only not catch it, but then just like knock it sort of in the air long enough to where the kid from Carolina made his third interception of the day i mean he won't have another three interception day in his life i mean that would be bizarre to have that happen again so that's not going to work from was off on the other two throws i thought that again the kid from carolina made a great play on the pick six but it was just you know it was it was a bad play from jake from and i think that the other thing and you can comment below about this if you have something to say i, I, I wish you would um, you know, Jake Fromm is not above criticism. And I think he would tell you that. And that, that's the important part here is people fall so much in love with their players or their favorite player or their favorite coach, Kirby Smart, whoever it may be, Adele McGee or Sam Pittman or, you know, Mark Richt, that they lose sight that um, criticism is not a bad thing to have in life. I mean, sometimes some of us need to lose weight. Um, you know, some of us need to pick up around the house more or whatever it is, or need to do our jobs better. There's nothing wrong with saying stuff. There's something wrong with um, going around like a crazy person and uh, doing things that way. Um, 
Jake Fromm has been a very good player for Georgia for a long time, for two and a half years. He is going to continue to be a good player for Georgia, I feel certain. Um, that more than 30% of his interceptions have come in two games in October, on October 12th or October 13th, is, you know, very strange, but also um, a pattern at this point. So um, the other part of the pattern is that Georgia picks it up pretty well, typically after getting their, well, they didn't get their brains beat in, but after losing games, I mean, you know, you look at the, um, with the exception of the Texas Sugar Bowl, every time Georgia has lost a game in the sort of modern part of the Kirby Smart era, uh, they've come back the following week and, and, and won or played well winning. And, um, you know, in the case of the Auburn game in 2017, obviously came back three or four games later, beat Auburn by uh, as bad as Auburn beat them, and then went on to play for the national championship. Last year, you know, losing uh, decisively to LSU, a 19-point loss, uh, and then a week off and a bunch of hand-wringing the entire time, and then go down and, and hand the Gators, uh, I think it was a 19-point loss. So, um, and then back that up a week later with a top-10 win at Kentucky, uh, it's nothing's going to be easy from this point forward in this season. I don't anticipate that Georgia will have trouble with Kentucky, but I didn't anticipate they would have trouble with South Carolina either. So I think at this stage, uh, you want to trust but verify, so to speak. You want to make sure that the um, the the reason that you trust this team uh, will be um, what you see on Saturdays. And for the most part, that's been the case the vast majority of Kirby Smart's time at Georgia. Let me, let me lay that out in this way. In, in 2016 on, his whole time, they have, been a very, they, have been, they have tried to be a very physical, um, win the line of scrimmage type of program. And when he first got to Georgia, he identified immediately that they did not have the body types on the offensive line to do that. It did not prevent them from still trying to play that type of offense. The defense at Georgia, with the exception probably of just the Mississippi game in 2016, I mean, even Auburn in 2017, um, I, I mean, they allowed 40 points, I mean, but it, it wasn't like the Ole Miss game where they sort of just didn't show up at all. Um, the defense has never really had an issue being physical. You're still talking about a defense that's just not allowed a lot of yardage, not allowed a lot of um, uh, points um, of anything. And so the defense is certainly very good. And in order to win the SEC, they're, they're going to have to be good. I mean, you look at Florida. Florida's defense is going to be difficult for Georgia to, to handle, so that means Georgia's defense is going to have to absolutely shut down the Florida offense. Um, that shouldn't be asking too much, considering how good Georgia's offense is and how um, how skeptical at least I am about Florida's ability to score against a good defense. Um you know, we'll see. Florida's definitely much improved over this uh, seven-week period or eight-week period of college football. You have to think that the multiple buys, the three buys, are really helping the Gators. 
Um, but Georgia's going to be favored to win that game. And right this second, I still think they win that game. And I mean, they're going to be favored pretty much from here on out. They might not be favored at Auburn, but even that, I don't know. So everything's in front of you. But Kirby, he's just, he's not perfect. The thing he was sort of most disappointed by, if you want to call it that, was definitely what he was most disappointed by yesterday were the turnovers. And, um, you know, I don't want to be dismissive and say exclusively that turnovers happen because it is true they do. But at the same time, um, you know, the fumble underneath center, I mean, that just cannot happen. You're going to have bad throws. You're going to have bad um, receiver action at times. But getting under center and you're at the 30-yard line and it really felt like you were about to control the game from that point forward uh, and just fumbling that ball away, which I believe was on first down uh, with all the momentum, um, that was just inexcusable. And I, I know that um, Trey Hill had a tough game on his hands on, on Saturday, but the center quarterback exchange, even though George is in shotgun, I mean, certain things are just not allowable, and that right there—that's just a total gift for the other team. And you're—you're—you gave away three points there for sure. Three points, no question. And and as a result, probably the win, uh, because South Carolina wasn't going to score. I mean, they—they they could barely move the ball. Um, so that was a bad situation right there. Uh, but you know, Kirby's been through this plenty. I've been around the block a while myself and I think that you, you know you have to recognize that you just played like shit because uh, they did they did not play well um, South Carolina didn't play well either now they did not but they won so that gets masked over a little bit but just like the Notre Dame game had nothing to do with the South Carolina game you know the Kentucky Florida Auburn uh, Texas A&M Tech slate will have nothing to do with the South Carolina game and it's about being more crisp on offense, functioning better. It's about uh, limiting mistakes, something that Georgia's done a pretty good job of over time. And then also, it's about the defense also capitalizing when the ball is flopping out there in the air. I really did feel like there were a couple of times, uh, one with J.R. Reed for sure, maybe someone else, I think it might have been J.R. twice, but definitely J.R. once, where the ball was just floating out there and you felt like someone's going to get that ball and they did not pick it off. Turning it over four times is really bad, but a turnover margin of minus four is horrendous. Uh, you could have survived. Every person, I've probably talked with six people so far, and uh, they were all in agreement that if Georgia turns it over twice and not four times, they win the game. It's probably true, even with the pick six, because you're just forfeiting points. I mean, none of the only one of those possessions was Georgia turning the ball over in its own territory. Three of the four were in um, within the South Carolina 35-yard line. Now, no one's going to win those games. Alabama probably would not beat South Carolina if it had four turnovers. So this is about protecting the ball, doing a good job, getting to Athens, ready to play against uh, Kentucky. South Carolina's done. Doesn't matter. The game's over. Uh, South Carolina, you know, the likelihood of them winning the East probably, probably goes away on Saturday and when they play Florida. 
I wouldn't be stunned if Carolina beat Florida, but I'd be surprised. Um, so even still, you know, Carolina has two losses already in the SEC with Alabama and Missouri. So Carolina's, you know, back in the pack. You just need to worry about you. They're not, they don't need to lose anymore. Georgia just needs to win. It's very basic. You take Kentucky completely seriously. They've got a very rough offense. What you saw in the second half for South Carolina, that's about to be what you see against Kentucky because Kentucky's offense is not good. So this is about the offense of Georgia getting crisp, playing well. It doesn't matter what the score is. It does matter what the result is, but it doesn't matter how what the score is. You need to play, play well, play crisp. That's an extremely important thing at this stage. And then you get ready for Florida where it's all on the line like it always is. Any, any of you people that think that it's ever not about the result of the Florida game, you're crazy. It's always about Florida. You have to beat the Gators. It's that simple. And Florida's played well. Uh, excuse me. Florida has won, um, but they turn it over three or four times against Georgia like they did against Auburn. They play like they did against Auburn. They play like they did against Tennessee. To some degree, they play defensively like they get played against LSU, you can get their ass blown out by Georgia. Now, that's what's going to happen if they don't play well. So this is about playing well for Georgia, the Gators, everybody. Everybody's watching. Everybody's still in the top 10. Florida, Georgia, Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU. It's a big party in the SEC and Notre Dame. I mean, everybody's still, everybody wants our swaps, as the big, big short would say. I mean, it's still, you know, about half of the top 10 is the SEC. And Auburn's number 11. So we're going to see how this continues to play out. Georgia needs to continue to get ready for Kentucky. We'll have full coverage with that. Uh, check back to dogpost.com if you're not a member. Subscribe right down there on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, we appreciate it. You can subscribe on the podcast as well. Thanks, Dean Leggy, dogpost.com, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. Uh, we will see you over on the website.